I'm reading from Psalm 25 of David, Psalm 35, which is on the Bible, page number 562. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armour. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. (coughs) Since they hid their neck for me without cause, and without cause dug a pit for me, may ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the net to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who rob them. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good and leave me like one bereaved. Yet, when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. Assailants gathered against me without my knowledge. They slandered me without ceasing. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked. They gnashed their teeth at me. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages. My precious life from these lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs I will praise you. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They sneer at me and say, Aha, aha, with their own eyes, with our own eyes we have seen it. Lord, you have seen this. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, Lord. Awake and rise to my defence. Contend for me, my God and Lord. Vindicate me in your righteousness, Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them think, aha, just what we wanted, or say, we have swallowed him up. May all who gloat over my distress be put to shame and confusion. May all who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and disgrace. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long.
This is the word of the Lord. So how honest can we really be with God? I mean, really honest. Can we really tell him anything? Even the things that we might not tell anybody else. Even the things that we might think about other people or situations at times. Can we be really honest with God? About probably 20 odd years ago, I was leading, some of you know, I used to lead um, a local church. And there was lots of talk at the time about intimacy with God. We needed to be really intimate with God. And I remember one particular person coming out and sharing something in our church. And it was a lady and she talked about, you know, I can be really intimate with God. It's like Jesus kissing me on the cheek. And I listened to this and uh, I thought, I'm not sure about that, Lord. Whether it's a blokish thing or not, I don't know. But Jesus kissing me on the, on the cheek, that's intimacy, is it? And I remember going to Greenwich Park and sitting on a bench and saying to the Lord, I don't get this intimacy thing if it's about being kissed on the cheek. What's it all about? And I felt the Lord say to me, when are you most intimate? with people. My answer was something like, when I make myself vulnerable and when I'm honest. That's when I'm most intimate actually with with Helen, my, my wife, is when I'm really vulnerable and really honest in terms of what I'm feeling about things. And so I felt the Lord say, right, that's what I want you to be like with me in prayer. So from that point onwards, That's what the Lord got. Now, there were times at that same bench I went, right, Lord, please forgive me now, but right, Lord, these people in church are really winding me up at the moment. They don't get the hours that I'm putting in leading this church. And they're saying these things about me. Lord, they really are winding me up. That's a mild way of putting it. But there were times when the Lord really got it with kind of metaphorically both barrels in that sense. This is one of those psalms where it's very honest. David is very honest about how he is feeling about things. I'm going to encourage you tonight, as we think about this, to be really honest in our prayers with God. Make ourselves really vulnerable with him. Give it to him, if you like. I'm sure as we've been working through the Psalms over the last couple of weeks, you've noticed that you know, they're all different. And there's different things going on. This is one of the, what's known as the Psalms of Lament. There are about a third of our Psalms, so a third of 150 are Psalms of Lament. And a lament is a, is a crying out to God. It, it's a pleading with God. In fact, it's almost, well, it's not almost, it is at times a complaint against God. Can we complain against God? Can we really tell him how it is? Well, the psalmist seems to suggest we can. So what we're going to do this evening is I'm going to to look at this psalm over the next about 20 minutes, and then we're going to pray the psalm. Now, don't get worried. It's not one of those times where I say, turn to the person next to you and make yourself really honest and vulnerable, and you may not know that person. That's not what we're going to do. 
When we get to it, I'm going to lead us through the psalm from the front, okay? So I just want you to engage with it where you sit in the quietness of your hearts. But I'm going to, I'm going to break it down section by section and give us the opportunity to pray what's on our heart to the Lord. Some of this might really connect with individuals here. You might say, this is exactly where I'm at at the moment. Fantastic. Other bits, there may be some say, well, well, that works, but I'm not sure about that bit. Well, well, that's fine. Or there may be some here, you're having a fantastic time with the Lord at the moment. There's nothing to lament about, and you're thinking, why? I just want to praise the whole time. Brilliant. If that's the case, when we get to those little bits, maybe just think of someone who might need to pray some of these things at the moment and pray for them. So does that make sense? So that's where we're going over the next 20, 25 minutes. You might want to have, I know it's often said here, but you might want to have your Bibles open whilst I go through this so you can see what's going on. So at the start, uh, we've, got, we've got David. It says of David. There's no reason to, uh, to think it isn't David who has written this psalm. We don't know exactly at what point in David's life he's written this. But just listen to the first sort of introductory verses. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armour. Arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. Some commentators suggest that this is what's known as one of the royal psalms, so King David is, is, is praying it on behalf of the nation as they go into, into battle. But as I look at it, I think it's a lot more personal than that. I'm more convinced that this is something personal that's going on in David's life. We, we know, if you know the stories, he, he, he's, he has enemies all, all the time, doesn't he? There's always people coming after David. And I choose that word enemies deliberately. Enemies are mentioned here. David is very happy to say, God, I have enemies, will you deal with them? Now just stop for a minute, hold on. Matt, doesn't Jesus tell us to love our enemies? Yes, he does. But just think about that phrase. For Jesus to say, love your enemy, suggests that we're going to have enemies to love. And sometimes as Christians we think, well, you know, I can't think of people as enemies. Well, Jesus says, love your enemies. So maybe we just need to name them at times. And then we can love them. David is very clear. There are enemies coming against me. The psalm is always, the psalms are always talking about enemies. How does God come across in this psalm? Well, God comes across as a warrior, as a judge as a vindicator and as a saviour. And that's the point. It's not about us going to war ourselves against enemies. It's about us saying, God, will you sort this out, please? Will you be my judge? Will you be the one who vindicates? Will you be my salvation? Will you be the warrior in this? So that's the start, the first four verses. And then we get into three what are called petitions, three different sections each petition, each crying out to God has something slightly different in it. So I'm just going to go through each of these and pull out a couple of bits. As I say, I've only got another 15 minutes now, so I can't go into every little detail. But just pull out a few things there to help us connect. So here's the first petition, verses 4 to 10. 
And again, enter into this. Think about the real honest words here. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. So who's doing the driving away here? Is it David? No, it's the Lord. May their path be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them, since they hid their net for me without cause, and without cause dug a pit for me. May ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who rob them. It would appear, perhaps, that what's going on here is there's some violence coming against David. That there are those who are physically seeking to cause him harm. Those who seek my life, may they be disgraced and put to shame. It could also be metaphorical. That it's not enemies literally trying to take his life, but things like this. They hid their net for me without cause, without cause, dug a pit. Maybe he's talking about people out to get him. People out to get him in life. He hasn't done anything wrong. That's what he's saying here. Without cause. Now let's be honest. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that people are out to get you and you've done nothing wrong? I'm not suggesting we're perfect. I just want us to be real here. I have. Sometimes I think I've done nothing wrong here and they're out to get me. Maybe you felt that at work. That you've had a boss or someone in the workplace, and they always are out to get you. And you've done nothing wrong. Or maybe at school, a teacher always seems to be picking on you. They just don't like something about you. Always picking on you. I mentioned when I was uh, leading a church prior to that, um, some of you may know this, that I... Uh, I was a solicitor, and I remember when I was doing my, as it was then called, articles up in the West End, I had a senior partner who was one of those who just liked to strike fear into the building, and particular, particularly to those young, naive article clerks. And you could tell when he was in the building because it was just a different atmosphere. And he was nasty with it. And sometimes he would just come and pick, pick on you for no reason. And I remember one of those weeks, and you used to try and hide from him. And then he'd come into your office and, 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 and just talk nonsense, really. But he was the boss, and you couldn't argue with him. And I remember having one of those weeks, and in, in those days I used to ride a motorbike to work. And I remember getting on my bike at the end of the day, feeling really kind of down and fed up, and just crying out to the Lord and saying, look, he's just been on my back all week, Lord. I don't know how long I can cope with this. I'm fed up with this. And then I was reminded, actually, of that verse that we often quote around Easter time. It's in the Messiah. It's uh, the, word, the verse from Job. I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand. 
And I felt something lift in my spirit. Situation hadn't changed. In my crying out and saying, I'm fed up with my boss, I felt the Lord say, yeah. And in the end, your Redeemer will stand and triumph. Yes. And in this lament, as with all of them, it ends with praise. Each of these sections has some praise. So there we are, verses 9 and 10. After lamenting, after crying out, then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy from those who robbed them. We need to be honest, real, real about who our enemies may be, cry out to God, and then when he does something, praise him. Give thanks to him. You've done it, Lord. You've dealt with them. First petition. Second petition starts with verse 11. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good and leave me like one bereaved. Yet when they were real, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. Assailants gathered against me without my knowledge. They slandered me without ceasing. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked. They gnashed their teeth at me. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my precious life from these lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. It seems that in this particular petition, what's going on here with David is accusations. False accusations are being levelled at him. And his friendship is being repaid by malicious slander. I I stood by them when they were mucking up, when, when they were in a bad place, I stood by them, and now look, I've stumbled, and, and what, what are they doing? Well, they're mocking me. They're maliciously slandering me. They're saying, oh, what have you done wrong? I referred to Job earlier, and if you've read Job, what's Job all about? It's about someone who actually hasn't done anything wrong, but, but illness and sickness comes to him. And Job's comforters are there saying, well, what have you done wrong? There must be unconfessed sin in your life that you need to deal with. Illness could well be in it, and illness is referred to here. When when they were ill, I humbled myself, I prayed for them. And, And even when my prayers were unanswered, I mourned. And now they're turning around and saying, oh, there's unconfessed sin in your life, you need to deal with it. False accusations and then verse 17 the title of our preach today how long Lord will you look on that actually is a complaint against God now 
how long is this going to go on? Are you not going to change this, God? Are you not going to do something about this? How long am I going to have to keep on putting up with my boss or these false accusations or the way that I'm being treated? How long, God? Can we be that honest with God? I think we can. Can God take it? I think he can. How long, Lord? I'm fed up with this. We like instant results, don't we? I do. I like to pray about something and see something happen tomorrow. And occasionally it does. But often it doesn't. Often I have to keep going back and keep going back. And whether that's a situation like of, of lament or, or other things that I'm praying for. That's true of anybody else? Do you find that you're praying for months, years? Just going on and on and on. I had a friend who used to say, God is never late, but he doesn't half miss a lot of opportunities to turn up early. (laughs) We laugh because it resonates, doesn't it? At least that's what it feels like. And we can get all super spiritual and say, God's timing is perfect. Yeah, it is. But it's still tough, isn't it? Still tough. How long, Lord? How long? Let me encourage us to keep badgering him. Keep crying out to him. Keep going back in prayer. And maybe there's somebody here, you've been praying about something. And perhaps it's just dropped off because you're fed up with the fact it's not been answered. I'd encourage you, pick it up again. Give God a how long. And go for it again in prayer. And then, of course, what happens? We get to the praise bit again. Verse 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. You see, if we keep on petitioning, if we keep on crying out, then when we get that breakthrough, we can then stand here. We talk about wanting to give testimony, don't we? We talk about it a lot with the leaders and preachers. We want more testimonies. How about a testimony? I've prayed for 25, 30 years, 40 years about this situation and now God has done it. And that'd be great. And we give testimony. We praise here together as church and say, fantastic. We praise in the great assembly because God has answered your prayer. Let's have some of that, shall we? Let's get honest with God and then praise him in the great assembly. Final petition. Verse 19, do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason reason, maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They sneer at me and say, aha, aha, with our own eyes we've seen it. Lord, you've seen this. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, Lord. Awake. God, wake up, rise to my defence, fight for me, contend for me, my God and Lord. Vindicate me in your righteousness, Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them think, aha, just what we wanted, or say, we've swallowed him up. May all who gloat over my distress be put to shame and confusion. 
May all who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and disgrace. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, the Lord be exalted who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. This final petition is uh, a bit of a repetition of what's already gone on. It's a renewing of God's, please come as judge. I want your judgment. I want your justice. It's asking God again to fight for David, to fight for me, to fight for us, to vindicate. But verse verse 19 is an interesting one, and you may have noticed this when it's been read out. Let me read it again. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. Jesus quotes part of that verse in John 15, 25. About those who hate him without reason. Now, of course, David wouldn't have known that, but we do. Jesus had enemies and those who hated him without reason. And when we are praying and in the midst of our suffering and our lamenting, we can cry out with someone who has already cried out. Did Jesus ever complain, lament against the Father? Yes. What did he say from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wow. That sounds to me like a complaint. That sounds to me as if someone feels that they're all alone. That's what Jesus cried from the cross. Well, brothers and sisters, if Jesus did that, surely I can. Surely I can cry out when I feel like that as well and join in with Jesus. And of course, when we do that, we're crying out with the one who has dealt with all of the complaints and the lamenting and the bitterness and the accusations and the hatred and all of that. So as well as it giving us permission to do it, it's a reminder that he, because he promises us, doesn't he, I will never leave you or forsake you. So he's with us in that dark place. That gives us permission to stand alongside him metaphorically holding his hand, saying, yes, Lord, we're in this together. And again, this section ends up with thanks and praise. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, the Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. Having said that there are enemies, and there are, having said that there are people against us, falsely accusing us, trying to catch us out, there are, but there are also one or two who stand alongside, aren't there? There are brothers and sisters in church, hopefully, who stand alongside. It may be a minority at times, or our husband, or wife, or partner, or or friend, And then, 
when we come through it, we turn to them and say, thank you that you stood with me. And look how God has answered our prayers. Let's proclaim God's righteousness, his praises together. So, that's the psalm. Now we're going to pray it. What I'm going to do is uh, break it down. So I will read out again. I know we've heard it a few times now, but the more we hear it, the more familiar we get. So I'm going to read each petition. And then I'm going to leave a, a minute just for in our own quiet, silent hearts to pray whatever's connected with us there. Okay? So whatever speaks to you there, just in the quietness of your heart, just pray that. And then I will pray whatever comes out to me for that, in my own words, and then we'll move on to the next petition. Does that, does that make sense? It'll probably take us five minutes or so. And as I said at the start, engage with this wherever you're at. And if you're not right at this, then engage with it on behalf of someone else. One final little quote on prayer just before we go into this is from uh, Eugene Peterson. I think you know I quite like Eugene Peterson's writings. Uh, He says this, We must pray who we actually are, not who we think we should be. We must pray who we actually are, not who we think we should be. Let's pray. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armour, arise and come to my aid. Brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to me, I am your salvation. May those who seek my life be disgraced and put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. May they be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them since they hid their net for me without cause, and without cause dug a pit for me. May ruin overtake them by surprise. May the net they hid entangle them. May they fall into the pit to their ruin. Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and needy, from those who rob them. Lord, will you fight for me, please? Will you fight against those who are coming against me? Lord, those who are trying to catch me out all the time. Lord, that work situation, those so-called colleagues who want to climb up the ladder, but they do it by trampling on me. Lord, will you fight for me there? Lord, at school, where that teacher keeps on picking on me for no reason, Lord, will you fight for me there? Lord, I thank you that you are my salvation, that you are my warrior king, that you are the Lord of my life. 
So Lord, will you fight for those who are after me without cause? And then, Lord, I will rejoice in you. I will delight in your salvation. I will exclaim, who is like you, Lord, because you are the wonderful, powerful, loving, kind, gracious God. Petition two. Ruthless witnesses come forward. They question me on things I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good and leave me like one bereaved. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brother. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. But when I stumbled, they gathered in glee. Assailants gathered against me without my knowledge. They slandered me without ceasing. Like the ungodly, they maliciously mocked. They gnashed their teeth at me. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my precious life from these lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. Lord, there are people accusing me of things that I've not done. Lord, there are those that I have prayed for and really loved and gone out for. And yet now when I need it, they seem to be pointing the finger. They seem to be mocking me. Lord, I just don't get it. Lord, how long will you lock on? How long is this going to go on for? With my boss. At my school. Lord, please rescue me. Take me out of this. Bring release and relief, I pray. And Lord, I will give thanks When this happens, I will give thanks here in church. I will praise you. I will give testimony and say, look what you you have done. Look at the change you've made in my life. Final petition. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They sneer at me and say, aha, aha, with our own eyes we've seen it. Lord, you've seen this. Don't be silent. Don't be far from me, Lord. Wake up and rise to my defence. Contend for me, my God and Lord. Vindicate me in your righteousness, Lord my God. Do not let them gloat over me. Do not let them think, aha, just what we wanted, or say, ah, we swallowed him up. May all who gloat over my distress be put to shame and confusion. May all who exalt themselves over me be clothed with shame and disgrace. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, the Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. 
my tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. Lord Jesus, thank you that you understand that you cried out from the cross and you know how I'm feeling. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your death and resurrection. Thank you that you have triumphed over malicious slander, hatred, false accusations. Thank you that you are with me in this and you will not leave me. Lord, come to my aid. Fight for me, please. Vindicate me. And Lord, thank you for those who do stand alongside. For those that I can trust. For those in my small group. For my family. For my husband, for my wife, for my friend who I can talk to and has not abandoned me. Lord, I look forward to the day when we can stand together and say, yes, the Lord has done this. We will proclaim your righteousness. We will declare your praises all day long. Amen.